Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amid Bros. And we're back. Another episode of the Amid Bros podcast. I am your host, D-Mark. To my left, I got JDZ, better known as Jeremy. And then I got to my right, 85, is it a bird, is it a plane, Jared, man. What's going on, fellas? How we feeling? Feeling good, baby. Feeling good. Uh, You know, uh, trying to get the energy up. 11 hours worth of driving a day. Drove all the way to Mobile, Alabama and back. But we live, baby. And I'm on a lot of caffeine. So, uh, you know, my my car might need an oil change soon. But it's okay. We, We living. We living. I, I got up and down the highway at approximately 90 miles an hour. So we we, we survived, baby. Let's go. Bro, you need to slow down. But what so 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 tell me about what what goes on in the car when you're when you're driving from Mobile and then back from in the same same day, right? Yeah, same day. What, so what, what uh, does 85 get into while he's driving? So new songs, new tracks and things I I I I think of in my head and uh listen to beats and come up with ideas and then um I get them down to where I feel comfortable with at least I I a lot of times I don't finish the entire song because I may get through the first verse and get through a part of the second. But as long as I have the concept, then I can finish the song later. And then I'll pull up my Direct TV app and then listen to Dateline on NBC, all these random episodes on the on Direct TV app to find out why so and so killed so and so. I'm kind of dark like Yo, that. We need to drop the uh, link to your song in, the, in our bio so the listeners can tune in and see what 85 dropping. Yep. Let him know when you playing out in these streets. Hey, JDZ, how you feeling, man? You good over there? I'm good, man. Outside of uh, the biggest upset, and well, I'm not gonna say that. Outside of my boys being upset, but we'll get into that a little later. <laughs> Rest in peace, uh, Nipsey, man. You know, sad, sad week from that perspective. You know, I know it's a sports show, but want to say, uh, you know, condolences to his family. Obviously, prayers out. Sure, man. Uh, I'm still kind of messed up over it, man. Just is just a lot of uh, deaths, just from uh, R.I.P. to. C- CLD2 and Cliff, one of KD's boys, which was killed here in Atlanta not too long ago. Uh, Nip, it just seems like, you know, uh, it's just it's crazy out here. So definitely rest, rest in peace to those two brothers. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man. And, 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 and one, more, one, more, one more thing I, I like to say from the sports perspective of kind of transitioning, it looks like it is uh, somewhat of an RIP to the – Alliance Football League. Um, apparently, they shut down business today, and uh, they're gonna close the doors. But it was an amazing two and a half weeks. I just don't understand. Like, I didn't think it was that bad. They had a major TV contract. I mean, what you couldn't get any investors to come aboard to get you to get you through the first season. Like, it was actually not. It was it was pretty good football. Like, it, was, I, I don't... it was pretty good football, and I'm I'm just concerned about how much it costs to keep it going because apparently somebody. Came in and invested sixty million dollars into it halfway through the season to keep it going, and you would think sixty million would keep it afloat for one season, but um, that's crazy. You know, I, I guess I not. Know, something that's something a little deeper there, but we're we'll getting into that a little later. Uh, but let's talk about this March Madness NCAA. Uh, the second week, we had the Sweet Sixteen games and the Elite Eight games, trying to see who was going to the Final Four, and I mean, there was some hell of some hell of a games. Uh, Definitely some big upsets. 
Uh, let's start with Jared, man. What do you feel? What was your What was your biggest uh, surprise over the weekend watching those games? Um. Well, I don't think it was anything that that shocked me besides how UNC got punched in the mouth like that. I said coming into the game, I thought it was going to be the closest game or toughest game UNC had all all season. I was right, but not in the way that I expected. <laughs> you know, Auburn, I said beforehand, I said Auburn makes so many three-pointers that if they get hot or get going, there's, there's nothing you really can do about it. And, I mean, they're on a stretch right now. They've, they've had nine straight games where they've made at least 12 three-pointers in those nine games. Um, I mean, not averaging yeah, twelve. Guard. The Carter, the, the yeah, uh, Jared Carter. Yeah, he's he's yeah. the most, he's a he's the best guy on the team, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, Bryce Brown obviously it was a huge loss with uh, Okiki getting tearing his ACL. Uh, quick recovery to him. He's from College Park or actually uh, uh, Westlake. So um, you know, hopefully he gets he gets better. But uh, but the thing is, man, you when you hit that many threes, it, it becomes tough to, to compete. And I thought UNC wasn't hitting a lot of shots, but UNC started to start to make a run and try to get back in the game. And every time they did, Auburn hit another three. I mean, second half they go twelve out of eighteen three pointers. I mean, that's that's unheard of. Yeah, SEC, and so y'all, y'all gonna put some respect on our name. They did, they did. But uh, irony at the end of it is still one team from every conference in the, in the Final Four. Um, but when you look at it, um, I will say this. The I, I was not a fan of what Roy did uh, in the sense that uh, UNC was down 19. They went on a run. Cam Johnson hit a three, then got fouled while hitting a three and hit all three free throws to get it to a 10-point game with seven minutes to go. And then Roy promptly took him out of the game after he made the free throw. And then the game got all the way up to 19 points before he put him back in. Like, I just don't get the, the thought process behind a guy who just scored six points and you taking him out of the game, especially when he shot three free throws, which means he was standing still for – at least two minutes getting catching his breath if he was tired at all. But, you know, I mean, you can't second get can't second guess a coach has got three national titles, but uh or I can't because I just did. Anyway, um other things uh You definitely the, just did. Yeah, I definitely I, I, I was about to say keep keep that in keep that in mind for a little later, but keep going. Uh, yeah, um and, and as I said, um, you know, when you have um you know Duke losing wasn't a surprise to me. Them losing to Michigan State was more a surprise because uh, it's been kind of an, a, a dominant rivalry up until that point. Not really a rivalry. I think it was 14-1, and one, Coach K over uh, Tom Izzo. Um, but, I mean, Duke should have lost at least one game in the last, like, six. I mean, they had they kept having nail biters, barely beat UNC um, in the tournament. Then they, they barely beat UCF, and they barely beat Virginia Tech. And then you got another I, – I, I, I saw it coming. I, I didn't think they were going to win it once I saw how they were playing and how they needed Zion to basically give you – um, a oh, fourteen for fourteen performance every night. So, uh, overall, surprising Final Four, but uh, the biggest surprise is UNC, and then um, secondly, I would say just Duke losing to Michigan State. Uh, Duke losing to Michigan. Well, I mean, what specifically do you think about that? Do you think it was more on Coach K? Do you think uh, obviously uh, some players didn't show up? Uh, Cam was Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't show yeah. up. He was. He was non-existent. Uh, do you think it was more completely non-existent in the first game because he didn't show up at all because practice full strength did the walkthrough was dunking in pre pre-game stuff uh, I guess a couple hours before the game and then about 30 minutes before the game he said his knee was hurting he couldn't go um so he missed the Virginia Tech game entirely and then apparently he was going to try to test it out with the game against uh against Michigan State 
and sat out the first three minutes, didn't start, and then played 37 straight minutes with no issues. So what am I supposed to take from that? Eight points. Uh, kid, come back to school. Um, you're not ready for the league. I think Jay Williams said it right when he said, if you go to the league, you will be in the NBDL by the end of – or the G, G League now it's called uh, – before the end of the season, and you probably won't get out. So uh, that kid definitely needs to go back to school. Trey Jones needs to go back to school. Uh, work on that shot, but he had that shot cooking against Virginia Tech. I was kind of surprised we didn't get him a few more uh, looks in that in that Michigan State game to see if he could keep it going. Uh, but I mean, my surprise of the weekend was definitely Duke losing. I wasn't that surprised, as you heard last week. I predicted North Carolina would have a hard time. I thought they would pull it out, but I said I thought they had the biggest chance to be an upset. So from that perspective, I wasn't that surprised. Um, I do, however, think that you know people are giving a little too much credit to um to Auburn shooting as opposed to North Carolina's defense I think it's the same with Kentucky I don't think either one of them defended very well when you watch Auburn play against Virginia you are going to see Virginia hold them under I'm going to say under 55 points it's going to be a very low scoring game Virginia's going to clamp down on those shots and I think Virginia's going to have a pretty dominant win um I'm kind of starting to lean towards Texas Tech versus Virginia and if it's Texas Tech versus Virginia it's literally going to be 40 to 42 I'm going to call this the final bore because this is going to be the most boring Final Four in the history of basketball. <laughs> I know for sure <laughs> that TBS, C- TBS, CBS, whoever has this game has to be so upset. Magic Johnson said it was a win for college basketball. This is the biggest loss for college basketball. Do you realize they went from having to watch, from going to watch Zion Williamson playing on a national stage for a national championship, the most hyped up college basketball player probably since Magic Johnson, to watching Cassius, I can't even know what is his name. I don't, name me five players in this in this in this entire Final Four. I'm gonna be like, oh man, look at Ty Jerome out there hitting jump shots. Like, who really cares? This is literally the worst situation. I would have <laughs> rather watch North Carolina play in the Final Four because I can at least say I have somebody to cheer against. I've never cheered for or against any of these teams, so I have no rooting interest. It's like, okay, I can watch this or I can watch the grass grow in my yard. I'm really that disinterested in this final four so congratulations NCAA you got what you deserve two things to throw but but answer answer that first question first before you you get into that do you feel like to sustain on coach K's legacy losing I I don't know why we're posing this question but Jared thinks it is so I can't imagine I can't imagine who would come up with this crazy question who would come with this he put because here's the thing first off what I don't like and I've seen Duke people and fans try to do this now is try to try to act like Cam Reddish or something literally you they wouldn't you a Duke wouldn't have made it out of the second round if it wasn't Cam Reddish Cam Reddish didn't come down and hit that three to make it a one-point game when it was a four-point game after they missed the alley they don't win that game uh Cam is he should leave one, I think Cam Reddish is the next Devin Booker. I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. Oh. But I think when, when I say that, if you're projected to go top five, you leave. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the scenario, there is never a good time to come back when you're projected to be a top five pick. It's just never. Next, if you're Coach K and you got three of the top five draft picks on the same team, which nobody has ever had in college basketball history, or you no, don't make on the same, the same draft in the same draft, but not in the same top draft. Five, I'm plenty saying. of teams. Because but they're I'm all freshmen. The same draft. So if, but the but same they're draft. all freshmen. If, if I've got seniors and juniors and freshmen that all come out and they're all top five picks, is that better or worse than having five 
or three top five picks that are in the same draft are all freshmen. But here's the thing, though. You were telling me, and Jeremy, you correct me if I'm wrong. Did you not say if Duke won the national championship that Zion's season might be the most dominant season in the history of college basketball? I still think it's probably top five. Um, I, I disagree. But with that being said, I, I, I disagree with the argument at the time. When I, I said it was Bill Walton or, or, or Lowell Sender, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But with that being said, you have one of the most dominant players, and Zion's one of the most dominant players we've seen in college basketball. And you have another guy who won, was it AP National Player of the Year or Sporting News National Player of the Year? Who's going to be probably the number two or number three pick in the draft, R.J. Barrett. And then you got Cam Reddish, who's going to be a top five pick. And you got Trey Jones, who's projected to be a first rounder. Well, I, and the number- well, but, but here's the thing. You're saying he's going to be a top five pick. I have very serious doubts. Like, what team is going to take him top five? I think a lot of teams well. I think they're going to look at the fact of his game and, and what happens typically with Duke players if you're not the focal point of the offense. Wendell Carter talked about it last year, about how he wasn't able to, to show everything that he did because Duke's offense bases it around one-star player, and that left player is the one who gets all the touches. So Marvin Bagley got a lot of the touches last year that Wendell Carter expected to get when he was going there because he thought he was going to be the guy. So I'm not telling you that, that, uh, that Cam Radish is some – extremely polished product. I don't think any of those are. Any of the guys are really right now. I think the most polished product is John Morant. But when I say that, if you're Coach K and you have the talent that you have, you can't not make the Final Four. There there was a, a, a photo out that talked about all the players he's had over the past four years that haven't made the Final Four. And it, it goes Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum and Gary Trent Jr. and Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter and Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. And you go through all this list of all these teams that he's had that are more talented than anybody, anybody in the country. I mean, they were talented enough to where before the season, Damon bet me $50 that Duke would win the national championship against the field. We can't get to the point where we ignore – the the talent disparity they had based on basically all the rest of the teams. And I, what I will say is this. And hey, a lot of people use our bet to prove a point. No, no. What I, what I will say is this. I think part of it, too, you have to look at it as his recruiting. He's got these recruits that are, are top flight. But how has Coach K done recruiting players that aren't going to start? Players that are going to be role players off the bench. Jeremy, how comfortable will you feel with Jack White on the court? How comfortable do you feel with O'Connell on the court? How comfortable do you feel with Goldwire shooting a jump shot? And, and at the end of the day, one of the things that I have to give Roy Williams a lot of credit for is he finds guys that aren't that highly touted, but he thinks can fit in that system. Uh, Luke May was, uh, I think, the 70th ranked player or something. He wasn't He wasn't highly touted. Um, he was around where, where Jack White and O'Connell were. Um, he got um, – the center, which I can't think of his name, number 15, uh, he, that came from uh, Garrison Brooks. He got him from Alabama. He wasn't even a top 100 prospect. He finds guys that can He's probably not a top 100 prospect right now. He's terrible. No, he's not. And, and at the end of the day, he didn't develop the bench on his team. He relied too much on Zion, as I said in my post before the tournament, which I should go ahead and, and retweet on my Facebook or whatever. It's not retweet, but reshare it. Um, and I think this is a stain on his legacy, a legacy because of the fact that there's never been a person that has that kind of talent on a team and not at least made the Final Four. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let me let me ask you who, who's got more talent. Would you say Zion Williamson as a freshman, R.J. Barrett as a freshman, Cam Reddish as a freshman, Trey Jones as a freshman, and Marquise Bolden as a junior is more talent than Michael Jordan as a junior, Sam Perkins as a senior, uh, Kenny Smith as a freshman, 
Matt, uh, Brad Doherty as a sophomore. And I can't remember the other guy's name. He played in the NBA too. With six NBA players on one team. Would you, which team would you say is more equipped? I definitely think UNC is more equipped, but it's a different style. That's, that's, you're going back to the 80s when everybody stayed in college basketball and the level of college basketball was so strong. I think this. Wait, wait, wait. If, if, not gonna make, no, 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 no. They lost in the second round to a team that had two players that played in the NBA and only they had a combined six starts. None of them averaged five points per game. That they team was third in their conference. Jeremy, what you have, you're, you're ignoring is Steve Alford was a, a lottery pick and, and was rated by Sporting News as the 35th greatest college basketball player of all time. Like, let's not act like in college Steve Alford wasn't wasn't ridiculous. That's like me saying, oh, Adam Morrison, and then ignoring how cold Adam Morrison was in college. Like that, and here's the other thing I, I want to throw out real quick, and I'll let you continue. When you right. when you talk about when you talk about that roster, you have to look at the fact that that team dominated basically every game they played that year. They they were twenty nine and two going into that game. Most of their games weren't close. They went undefeated in conference, and they had one loss. Mm-hmm. Duke Duke has been struggling for to to win games for game after game after game, and. Virginia Tech guys missed a a point blank layup. The UCF guys missed point blank layup. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Should Virginia Tech have should Virginia Tech have had that opportunity? Yes, they should have. Or so the guy didn't step out of bounds. No, the guy definitely stepped out of bounds. I agree. Okay, so it should have been Duke's ball anyway. Um, So we don't know because um, how did they get the ball back before the guy stepped out of bounds? Because they fought RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett. No, no, they fought RJ Barrett and RJ Barrett at a full roster. At a full roster, you said UNC lost two games. With a full roster, Duke lost two games the entire season. Um, so, I mean, we're not going to make this argument that it's close. You can make this argument that, oh, college basketball was so much better back then, and they lost to an eight seed. An eight seed that finished third in their conference with no seven NBA seed. talent. So so they were a one seed and played a seven seed in the second round. Yeah, it was the, the 16. And actually, I'm sorry, they may have been a five. They were a five seed. They were a five seed. It was round of thirty-two tournament at the time, not sixty-four. Okay, so they so worry round of sixteen. So they lost to a five seed, Indiana, who had no NBA talent, and they had Michael Jordan, the number three pick, who was the greatest basketball player of all time. They had Sam Perkins, who was the number four pick in the exact same draft. They had Matt or Brad Doherty, who was the number one pick in the next year's draft, and they had Kenny Smith, who was the number six pick in the draft uh, the year after that, and along with two other players that got drafted. And you're trying to tell me that it's a, but that's not that's not a stain on on. Who said this uh, not stand Smith on defense? That, that is but, a stand on defense. You just got done saying you just got done saying it was the most talent ever put on a roster, and that's ludicrous. That's absolutely Jeremy, ludicrous. Are you Jeremy? At the at the end of the day, though, you have to remember uh, you're you're looking at it and saying, "All right, there's Jordan, there's Brad, Dar- there, there's a lot of talent on that team," but you have to look at it in comparison to who they're facing. You know, Michigan State doesn't have one player on their team that's projected to be drafted at any point in time in the draft. They don't have literally one player who's projected to be drafted. Cassius Winston, who who basically is like 5'10", 272 pounds, uh, just kept deep on you dudes and hitting spin moves. And, and like, you guys got beat by bumps. But everybody, talks about, was, but, Jared, everybody talks about him like he had this great game. The dude had 20, point, 20 points on 23 shots. Like, he, they did a pretty good job on him. Like, the thing is, you can't come up with these arguments and say, oh, man, you know, they won one game. It's a, it's a single elimination tournament. They won one game, and it came down to pretty much a guy who was a terrible three-point shooter making a clutch three-pointer in, at the end of the game. That's pretty much what it came down to. So, 
at the end of the day, I'm not gonna make it out. Like this, this is this is my thing. You'll come up and say it was a stain on his like resume, and then you gave credit to Roy Williams. Now Roy Williams in the last two years lost to Texas A&M in the, in the second round by 19 points. He lost this year to Auburn by 17 points. He has he has two top 10 projected players. He also has somebody who was a Naismith watch for the entire season. So. If you're going to go three by three, you can say Roy Williams should have done literally just as much as Duke. You pick Roy Williams and North Carolina to win the national championship. Almost everybody picked him to get to the Final Four, and they got blown out in a game that wasn't even competitive. So if you want to talk about a stain, that's a much bigger stain than saying, hey, I know one team lost by one point because the guy couldn't make free throws down the stretch versus, hey, this team couldn't even make a fight or make a game out of, a, of, of the whole situation. Jeremy, you got to realize, hey, though. One, one quick thing. Kobe White is now projected to go top 10. Kobe White was the 25th rated point guard coming out last year. He fits well. ESPN in has top 10 right now. now. I know I said ESPN has him, has him number 10 now, but last year coming out of high school, he was the 26th ranked player. He was not – he was not – he wasn't even as ranked as high as Trey Jones. And Nasir Little now is projected to go 16th, so not lottery. I, that, that UNC's team, and I thought UNC was a disappointment, but as you said and admitted when we talked about it, the team hits 12 out of 18 threes. I don't care if you're you're, you're shooting in, in the gym with nobody in there. Hitting 12 out of 18 threes is ridiculous, especially when you're banking them in and all that nonsense. I think at, at the end of the day, it was a disappointment for both. But there's a reason why UNC was not favored to win the tournament, and Duke was, and Duke let everybody down Duke except for me. Well, keep in mind, one last thing. Uh, I just want to – you guys keep that same energy next year when Seventh Woods is your best player. Look forward to it. So yep. you guys didn't uh, make your like who 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 wins this thing? I mean, I know it's uh, the the what you call the final board, Jeremy. That's pretty good, but uh, yeah. <laughs> who uh, who do you guys I'm have go- winning the whole t- the the you know championship? Who's taking the rings? I'm going to Auburn. I got Auburn getting hot and pulling off the you got Bruce Pearl pulling off. That's the. I mean, if Auburn wins a national championship, dude, like. And and here's the thing, right? It kind of has that Louisville feel that where Russ, where where uh not Russ Smith, um Kevin Ware broke his leg and then the team just rallied behind him. Um, I mean that team is shooting the ball so well. Uh, I disagree with Jeremy thinking that that UVA is gonna be able to stop them from from shooting because I I watched uh Carson Edwards or whatever his name was from Purdue hit about ninety seven three pointers. By the way, that can I can I speak on that? Zion was not the best player in the tournament. He, he was not. He not that oh, yeah, he is. He projected the first way. round now. Carson Edwards was the best player in the tournament, and that's not a knock on Zion. Jeremy. Jeremy, he, he had played 43. the best in the tournament. He wasn't the best, he wasn't the best player in the tournament. That's what I mean when I say who was the best player in the tournament. I'm not saying that he's yeah. better than Zion Williamson overall, but what I'm telling you is I'm still like, not giving you that. You're crazy. Jeremy. Jeremy, he had 43 points in, in, in the in the semifinal game or in second round game when they beat Villanova. He had dug on 38. And hit nine threes versus Virginia. Like, I'm sorry. What happened in the, in hit, the game before that? He didn't play well at all, and the guy Klein carried him through the whole game. Jeremy, no, Klein got hot at the end. He didn't play. He didn't have a great shooting game that game. But the, at the end of the day, he hit the most threes ever in the history of the NCAA tournament, and he did it in four games. Sorry, Zion shot 70%. I'm not giving you that. <laughs> 90, 90% of those were dunks. And this guy was, uh, was he 5'8", 5'7"? No, he's 6'1". He looks very he short. Looked, I looked him up. He's six listen, one apparently. Listen, um, yeah, listen, six one. <laughs> they list him at six feet yeah. on ESPN. But yeah, so he's 
Oh wow! I thought he was like five six. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. I thought he was like Mikey Bogues. Uh, he looks like he's way shorter than everybody else on the floor. Oh, I'm man. not. I'd be interested to see when the actual NBA combine measurement comes out on him. Speaking of NBA boys, so we got uh we got uh Magic shutting down LeBron for the for for the rest of the season. Um, was this a? I mean, was this the correct decision? Do you agree with it? Let's start with uh, Lakers fan number one, uh, Jeremy. Yes, this was absolutely the right decision. I appreciate Magic Johnson shutting down LeBron. Because how else could you protect his trade value in case he gets injured? Look, at the end of the day, the Lakers have one move to play. Like, there's only one play that is available that makes sense. Trade LeBron. Like, this is... I mean, LeBron, like, first off, if you trade LeBron, I'm not even sure he'll go. He'll probably just retire and do the movies he wants to do anyway. And I'm sure he's got an early jump on Space Jam. And congratulations, LeBron. You're building a gym right next to the set, just like Michael Jordan did in 1995. So you're probably going to win three rings in a row also. Psych. Um, At the end of the day, LeBron needs to be traded. LeBron is somewhat washed. Um, He's still a great player. Is he a top 10 player anymore? I don't think so. Um, So, I had the perfect trade scenario. In case you didn't see my synopsis of what he needs to do or what they need to do, trade him to the Celtics. Trade him straight up for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and a first-round pick. The Lakers will have Lonzo, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, two first-round picks, and the assets to go get Kyrie and, and KD and trade any of those players you want to in order to acquire whoever else makes the better fit. LeBron gets to go back to the East where he's comfortable, where he's not having to deal with the big boys like he has to deal with now. He can play with Kyrie. He can play with Gordon Hayward. Al Horford would be great because he can step out and defend when LeBron doesn't want to step out and defend. They'll have the perfect team around him. It's a win-win situation. Magic Johnson make that trade. I wouldn't even take any kind of credit for it or ask for my dibs on um, on payment for it. So right. that's my suggestion. But I thought it was the best situation possible. They're not going to win. The only thing that could happen is LeBron gets hurt. And, I mean – that's pretty much lose lose. Okay. All right. Uh yeah, man. <laughs> What'd you guys say about that? Well, obviously I think it was the right decision. Um there I do agree with Jeremy. The only thing that can happen is he, he gets hurt. Yeah, I, I agree I agree with the actual him not playing. I mean, imagine LeBron does like a Kobe and th- three games left in the season, he tears his Achilles or something like that. People are gonna be like, Why was he even playing? There was no point. Um so I do think there is a uh, a situation where you look at it and say, all right, this is a time for him to rest. After making eight straight finals, I think it's going to be good for him to get an extra two months worth of rest. And although people made a big deal out of it, six games is really a week and a half. The only point that I really took and, and thought, and I said I, I could understand him actually playing, was Damon saying, you know, what about the fans that actually paid money and wanted to see LeBron, especially if you're in OKC right now where Kyle Kuzma pulled out tonight. So you're you're basically looking at the uh, – the Washington Generals going versus the the, the Globetrotters, um, and they'll still probably beat the Thunder. And as bad, the Thunder as, been yeah, I was about to say, as bad as Thunder playing, they'll probably still win. Yeah. Um, so, w- with that being said, trading LeBron would be the dumbest thing the Lakers could possibly ever do. Um, there, there are several reasons. One, that trade just made doesn't make any sense. Um, the contracts would have to ma- would have to match, so you couldn't even trade those players. Um, you throw in the fact that. Then you'd have Kuzma and Ingram and uh, freaking Tatum and Jalen Brown, who basically all play the exact same position. Um, and Trade the Jeremy's ones you don't like, want. Oh. That's, what I, that's my point. But then, and then you're going to bring K, KD, who plays basically the same position as well. Like, there, there, there's literally it, – it, it doesn't make sense. So here's the deal. 
I think it was smart for him to shut him down. Obviously, I think LeBron's going to come back, as he said. And uh, he said when he did his interview, he said, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the extra motivation because, you know, a lot of people are, are, are doubting me. And that, that's good motivation for the summer for me to get back to work. And it, he said, because I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable, whatever his saying is he always talks about. But I do think if, if everybody, everybody at the end of the day is, is questioning, is LeBron the best player in the league? Are they talking about Giannis has passed him or KD's passed him or whoever? I think that's good motivation coming in. Um, I think next year, I think they're going to replace. Uh, they're going to get some talent in. Whether it, it, it may be Kemba, it may be Jimmy Butler. I don't think they're getting Kawhi. I don't think they're getting KD. I don't think they're getting Clay uh, or Kyrie. I think it may be a, a Butler Kemba combination or something along those lines. But they're going to get some other players in there, and uh, I look forward to them competing for a title next year. Because um, I don't think I think it's up for grabs. Whenever whenever KD leaves the Warriors, it's up for grabs. So uh, this year, at the end of the day. I wanted them to make the playoffs. It's a stain on LeBron's legacy, in my opinion, that he didn't the same way. It was a stain on Kobe's one. And I've said that for years when Kobe didn't make it. Uh, I, I still think when this year was going to be a season where you weren't, you weren't going to have a legitimate chance to win a title unless the Warriors somehow got a, a major injury. So now you, you get to reset the deck of KD leaves and, and Buggy Cousins leaves, and you go back to everybody having maybe two All-Stars, maybe the third borderline All-Star on the same team where it's a competitive league, league again. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So um, I just want to make sure I'm hearing this right. The Lakers are going to compete for a title next year. Yes. Are, are the Lakers going to be on Space Jam? <laughs> uh, that's the, the third time you use the Space Jam joke on the podcast. But yeah. Because that's, that's, the, that's the only time that it can be feasible. Like, uh, first off, I don't even know who's going to be the monsters. Like you had to get Charles Barkley and Ewing and all those, and they were stolen there. All I'm not even sure anybody will even sign up to do Space Jam with LeBron. Like the the monsters are going to be like, oh man, he got Lou Williams and I don't know uh, Julius Randall are going to be the monsters. Like nobody's even going to sign up to do a movie with LeBron. Nobody first wants off, to play with him. First off, it wasn't even like you. I like it was all you said. Charles Barkley. It was Charles Barkley and Ewing, and then besides that, it was Sean Bradley and Muggsy Bogues. But let's not act like it was Hakeem Olajuwon and Isaiah Thomas. Like, come on. Yeah, Jared, I, I don't know if you're sure that we'll be able to get one person that caliber. It's going to be Blake Griffin and Kevin Love going against LeBron um, in the Monsters movie. Overall, what I'll say is this. I just don't see the Lakers competing with LeBron on the lineup. I just don't see it. I mean, LeBron, like you're talking about, you think he's – people are saying he passed KD and Giannis passed him. I'm starting to think, oh – did Julius Randle pass him? Like, that's the level I'm starting to put LeBron down on. I'm not sure he's a top. I definitely don't think he's a top 10 player anymore right now. Um, so Jeremy, we'll see what if, he you look like at, if you look at LeBron, here's the thing that I want to I point out. LeBron for this season was plus 115. The Lakers were a plus 115 with LeBron on the court. Nobody else in that lineup who plays any more than 20 minutes a game was more than plus one, and that was Josh Hart. The guy who you love, who we talk about all the time, Brandon Ingram, was minus 76 points. Uh, and, how, and, how many how many games did, did Brandon Ingram play without Kuzma, without LeBron, without Lonzo, and without Rondo? Not any. He didn't play any yes, games did. where all of them were out. No, he did. <laughs> he did. He, he did he not did. play a game where, where all where all four of them were out. He didn't. And he did. when you look at it and you and you say, all right, so oh, is LeBron not top ten? LeBron was twenty seven, nine, and eight on fifty one percent. Literally, Kyrie. You got to tell, you you got to tell me Kevin Love players. wasn't that good when he was had better stats than that a couple years ago. Oh, he, he, Jeremy, he, first off, he didn't have better stats than that. Secondly, uh, when Kevin Love was, 26, 
26, 13, and 5 is not better than that? No, it's not. Uh, and, and the reason is because the fact that he wasn't shooting fifty over fifty percent from the field, and when you look at that that 49. the way that look, yeah, exactly, he wasn't shooting fifty percent from the field. And when you look at it from a <laughs> LeBron standpoint, LeBron was when he's on the court, they had a winning record when he played, and he had a winning he he was had a positive plus minus. Kevin Love couldn't say that about that about the Timberwolves team. He could. So as, you as know much what? as you want, Kevin, Kevin as much Love as you, was thirty seven to thirty six that year. And he had a positive plus, plus minus. He had the, he was exactly was one a, game over five hundred, just like LeBron. Was he plus um, one fifteen? I don't remember what it was. I remember it was positive. I can look it up real fast for you. And all I can tell you is this: if you're going to look at it and say, "Oh, Kyrie is some top five player, top ten player," as you try to name, don't you can't put him in that conversation because his team has a million times more talent and they're terrible. So uh, at the end of the He's day, LeBron, on the court. Oh, it's good, good stats. So at the end of the day. LeBron, and it, that's probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that, as you said, he played 37 and 36, which means he played an extra 20 games. But with that being no, said, no, I was talking about Kyrie when you said that. I was talking about Kyrie. Oh, oh, Kyrie's plus. But here's the thing they should be plus a thousand. They have five, basically five borderline all stars on the same team. Like at the end of the day, that team has completely underperformed. And look at that team without Kyrie on the court. So at the end of the day, I'll say this I'm rambling. LeBron's the GOAT. By the way, I am going to throw this out there. As you said about the 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 UNC losing to Indiana, throw that on, uh, throw, throw some shade, and that's a glitch and a blemish on, on MJ's resume as well. Un-GOAT. Oh, hey, hey, Jared, Jared, one, one more thing, though. Um, you said they're so much better without Kyrie. And games that Kyrie's played, you know what they are? Minus 82. So when Kyrie's off the floor, they're minus eighty two. When he's on the floor, they're plus three hundred five or three hundred nine. What what's their record when he doesn't play? Well, they played the Cavs twice, and they played Brooklyn once. No, 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 they played they played they played thirteen games without without him on the floor. Ten of them have been against teams with a losing record. Nine of those have been at home. Um, I mean, you do the math. Nine and no in those games, by the way. All right, losing team to losing record at home. All right, let's uh let's get off the NBA for a little bit, man. Uh, let's uh let's re let's, let's go back and talk about this AAF, uh, a American Alliance Football League, AAF, whatever. It's yeah, called, uh, but, uh, Alliance for American Football. Alliance for American Football. This shit ain't even it ain't open no more, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but they suspended uh. the operations today. Um, is there a need for this? I mean, personally, I really enjoyed it. Like, I saw uh, uh, Johnny Manziel got picked up a couple weeks ago. He was playing for Memphis, saw him at a couple games. Looked like people was in, uh, were, was enjoying it, and it actually was pretty good football. So, uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird that they're they're just all of a sudden stopping it. But boys, what, I mean, what do we, what, what do you think is going to happen? What, what do you think happened? And, and is this something that somebody else should try going forward? So the XFL is coming out next week or uh, next year. Um, the revamped XFL, <sighs> Vince McMahon. <sighs> anyway, um, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I tried, I tried. I'm going to tell you why the AAF failed. Guys, I watched the first week. Did any of you guys watch any games after the first week? I did. I did. How many? I was, watch- I was watching the other night. Like I turned yeah, out- like my- I-, I became a Birmingham fan. I'm trying to tell you, it was good football. That was pretty good football, but you know what? When it came down to, hey, March Matters or AAF, what did I do? But it came down to Tiger Woods is playing on Sunday, AAF. I'm going to watch Tiger Woods. When it came down to Fed playing Isner on Sunday. Needles. 
Oh, but I, if it, it was Federer playing John Isner on for all Sunday, who am I watching? I'm watching Federer. Average American if, male that's 35 to 40 years old. If you ask them if they're watching AFF or if you're watching Roger Federer. But I think there's other things on besides Roger Federer. I think 9% of them would say they're watching football. But what I'm telling you is this. I think the reason why they're shutting down is – there's not there's 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 no need for spring football. There isn't like as much as everybody's like, oh, I want I want football all year. You know what it's like? I love ice cream. If I tell you guys you can have ice cream every meal, do you want it? No. You know why? Because I had enough. Ice cream is great when it's in dessert. Ice football is great from freaking training camp through February. Then after that, you know what it is? It's NFL draft time and me to figure out what the F the Texans are doing, which is not getting offensive linemen besides Ryan Khalil. I don't know. That's a different tangent. I don't think there's there's a need for spring football. I think there's obviously people who are going to continue to put out leagues and things because there's there's a need for to, to fill television, television space. I think the XFL has a much better chance of surviving. One, because the AAF came out and put it together in basically nine months, which is not a feasible thing to do. Two, the AAF didn't really have money. Like they weren't backed by um, a large conglomerate or corporation. It was more Bill Polian and a couple other guys who, who put it together, and then they tried to go after funding. Vince McMahon has got billions. Uh, Vince McMahon is going to pour billions into the XFL to make sure that at least there's not a problem with, hey, our guy's going to get their checks this week. Um, last funny thing, driving into town after 11 hours, I pull in Atlanta. Hearing about the AAF news, looking at a, one of the digital billboards saying, come out for a fan appreciation night to the AFL Atlanta Gladiators on Saturday night. And I was like, uh, I don't think the fans will be appreciated there. <laughs> uh, Jamie, what do you think about this, man? Um, I mean, it's sad. I was already becoming a Birmingham oh, fan. You said, you said it's sad? Uh, yeah, definitely. I was AAF. Speaking of AAF, I was angry as, you know what? Um, I was starting to love cheering for Birdman. Trent Richardson running the football, feeling like he was back at Alabama. And, you know, I, just, I, I, I thought it was a good product. Um, and I don't think the XFL is necessarily going to be a great product. I think it could be uh, kind of gimmicky like it was before. But the XFL did, did generate a lot of the current things we use today, the cameras overhead, a lot of the instant replay views and things like that came from the XFL. Um, so – um, it was sad to see the AAF go, and I was actually surprised. I thought the NFL might step in and try to maybe buy a portion of it because they were shooting on the NFL network. I think it was starting – they already had it in the contracts where they could leave um, at any point and go to sign with the NFL team with no uh, penalty. And I thought it could have been a good you know, training ground for players to step up and be able to play while they're not in the league. Um, but the only reason I don't think the NFL did it, and this is, I think, the only reason – it's because the NFL has about one more year before their um, their contract runs up with the players, with the Players Association. And I think if there's a lockout, the NFL does not want the NFL players to have another league they can go play in to where they can collect their checks. So I think that's the reason why it went down. They didn't have enough funding. But as a product overall, I thought it was a really good product. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be sad to see it go. XFL, I think it'll probably last a little bit longer, mainly because they do have that funding that Jared talked about. Do I think it has a chance to be successful? Absolutely not. There's no way the XFL is going to be successful. All right, fellas. Well, yeah, man, that was uh, that was definitely sad that, that that came to a conclusion like that. But uh, before we know it, 
Uh, it's going to be spring games on ESPN from all our favorite college teams, and then before you know, it's going to be preseason, and then uh, my favorite time of the year comes around this fall, baby. But yeah, um, any last thoughts, boys, before we uh, get up out of here? Yeah, man. Um, shout out to the Atlanta Braves uh, for signing Ronald Acuna to an eight-year, one hundred million dollar deal. Uh, it is very smart before he gets two or three years down the road, and then he's looking for $350 million, $400 million. Um, Look, Ronald Cooney has the chance to be the next Bryce Harper, uh, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, whoever it is you, you think about. I mean, he was the fastest. He had the, the shortest amount of games to get to 25 home runs in the history of the league, one National League Rookie of the Year. You know what this is? This is an example of when you're in high school and you date Beyonce and you realize she might turn into Beyonce, you go ahead and propose to her when you're 19 just to try to lock it down before she can get a prenup. Like, that's what happened. They basically were like, look, let's go ahead and lock this down. I'll give you $100 million over the next eight years. We'll rip up the next rest of the contract where you were going to make $565,000 this year. How about we just give you a cool $16 million this year and you're cool? And Ronald Cooney was cool with it, and the Braves were cool with it, which means we got one of the best baseball players in the world playing for our team, even though the season hasn't started the way we want it. Let's get it. Jared, just so you know, the reason why he got $100 million is because you guys thought he's Beyonce. And he very well might be. But just be careful because I've seen a lot of people think they have Beyonce and they really have Tierra Marie. You know, there's a wow. difference between, there's a difference between, <laughs> you know, oh Jeez, man, Cardi bro. B, I didn't see it. She could have come up because, you know what, Jocelyn from Love and Hip Hop thought she was going to be Cardi B as well. And it just didn't happen <laughs> for her. So overall, just be careful. I thought it was a good deal for both sides. Uh, $100 million is a good deal. And the good thing about Acuna is, is he is only 20 years old. So eight-year contract puts him at 28. He'll probably still be able to throw a $300 million deal on the back end if he's really worth all that um, you're thinking he's going to be worth. So a uh, good deal for him. Uh, my last comments would be, um, I don't know, go Virginia, man. I'm going to cheer for an ACC team, and I want to get that on record. Go Virginia. Do I think they're going to win? Yeah, who knows? Why, I mean, why watch here for ACC team over SEC team? You got more blood in the in the SEC team. Our mom put all this. Our mom went to graduate from USC, the real USC. Yeah, but I'm an ACC fan. I just I'm probably I mean, I'd like to see. Uh, like, oh, damn, like, damn it, that would be super dope. And damn it, let's 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 correct one thing. You said the real USC. The real USC is in Southern California. South Carolina oh, actually acknowledged that. Too? Listen, no, South Carolina no, acknowledged no, no. that this year. And what they said was, we will no longer call ourselves USC. We will now call ourselves U of SC. So they acknowledge, <laughs> hey, guys, they changed their logo and everything. They recognize we're not really USC. That's terrible. Anyway, shout out to all you listeners out there. We appreciate you guys tuning in, as always. Uh, make sure you tell everybody about us, share, download. Uh yeah, like we said before, we're going to drop some of Jared, Jared's uh, records on the, in the bio so you guys can listen to what he got going on. Maybe we'll do like a, a track every month or something like that, depending on how Jared man feeling. You know what I mean? But all right, uh, we out. Peace.